Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Do you want to mention our newsletter? It's called Read Instead. It is the best in the Price of Business digital network. It includes my interviews with New York Times bestselling authors, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, really some of the biggest names in media, business, politics, and more. So make sure you check it out. Go to priceofbusiness.com. You'll see a banner right there on the right-hand side for Read Instead. And uh, there's no cost. cost. It takes just a few seconds to sign up. And you're only looking at one email a week because we don't like spam. We don't like spam on our plate, and we don't like spam on our email. So <laughs> we're really careful about that. And one of the people who is always featured, by the way, in Read Instead is my guest this segment, my friend and, the, and a friend of the show, Warren D. Robinson, uh, producer, director, showmaker, filmmaker, uh, involved with some of the biggest brands um, in media today, like uh, Oxygen and Netflix. And uh, we love having you on the program, Warren D. Robinson. I get, get excited when I see you on the radar screen. Uh, I always check, who am I talking to tomorrow? Uh, and uh, I saw yesterday, all right, it's Warren. And uh, so I, I always love having you on. WarrenDRobinson.com. Everything Warren is right there. Uh, welcome to the show. Real, really glad to have you on the program. Let's jump into our topic today because of time, and I've already done a pretty good job of t telling your story. Let's just you get into really the topic. Be. Yeah, and you can send me a check or a money order. I'll take either, but no, I'm joking. <laughs> but, <laughs> let's talk about the queen. You know, and, and there's yeah. so much. It's like, oh, my God, the listener's going, oh, my God, another queen story, another uh, King Charles story. Yeah, but we got a different angle, and we're not seeing a whole lot of this out there uh, that is discussion about it. But, man, you really nailed it in your assessment of that situation. I don't want to steal your thunder, uh, but, but go ahead and kind of sum up your take, and we're going to go from there. Yeah, so, you know, even uh, in death, the queen is still a victim of cancel culture. She is, there has been a small but very vocal minority of folks out there who have uh, bitterly come down on the queen. And they have been, uh, they've said some very just outright, to me, just absurd things. You had a professor from Carnegie Mellon um, say that she wishes, she hopes the queen's death was excruciating. There is a lot of anger over the queen. Now, get this, though, Kevin. They're angry because in the past, like generations before the queen was born, of course, Britain had a, a, the kings and queens over there had a history of colonization. There was a history of plunder, racism. And they are now bringing that and equating it to the queen and so saying that we should not be celebrating her and that, uh, you know, she was a horrible person and she was racist and all these other things that they have no proof of. And the bigger problem I have with this, Kevin, is not that people feel that way because people have the right to feel however they want to feel. It is that we have mainstream media now who is encouraging this ludicrous, this, this ludicrous behavior. The New York Times. Uh, the View, Sonny Hostin was on The View talking about the Queen, CNN, MSNBC, they're giving airtime to these kind of ludicrous statements. And I just find it, uh, I find it disgraceful that we would try to hold someone responsible for something that their ancestors did before they were even born, especially yes. right now. Thank you. Yeah, especially right now. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the word, <laughs> the word is prejudice, right? That comes to mind, yeah. and we always use it. As you know, in, in the context of uh, you know uh, sexual orientation, uh, what race they are, ethnic orientation, etc. 
But it's so many different factors. And so you see she was a queen. Boy, you talk about prejudging that instantly, right? And you see the fact that, uh, you know, uh, her income bracket is pretty dang high, my friend. Uh, and so there's yeah. just a whole bunch of built-in prejudice instantly that, that she can't shun. But I think you're, you're so spot on. And, and, and we got to be so careful in our culture. We're, one of the things you and I have talked about, uh, you know, I, now I think years, you've been with me for a couple of years doing this, is the fact that if you want people to get honest about their relationship and views with race, you got to give, uh, we got to be uh, honest about how we assess people when it comes to that. You know, if you're going to brutalize people, um, as you pointed out so well, without any evidence, um, it makes it really, really difficult for people to become honest owners of this. You know, and i got to tell you, I've, I've talked about this before. She's 96, so I'm pretty sure she had views about minorities that uh, are archaic, you know, old. I would assume that I'm, I'm 60 and I, I have worked through a lot of those and I'm sure still have, the, you know, some of my struggles because they, we get trained in that, right? We get trained with that uh, belief, you know, but this is a person in a time where eyebrows were raised where she was in Africa uh, dancing with uh, black leaders, you know, back in the 1960s. And you're like going, what? And she got so much flack for doing that kind of thing back at the time. This is a woman that was incredibly pragmatic. I don't think she was ever ideological. Incredibly pragmatic. Knew what was going on and uh, what was around her. Totally, how do we have as much unity as possible? And she figured out really quickly, because that's her job. That's the job of a monarch in, in a head of state role, not, not a head of government role. That's the British monarchy today. Uh, and so it's all about unity. It's about making government function better because you've got a, a united point. I'd love to no, challenge you, Warren. Tell me her position on anything political. You're absolutely right, and that's the, the, the point of why this is so ridiculous. The queen, two things. One, um, to be in public life for more than 70 years. She reigned on the throne for 70 years. Before that, she was crowned princess, and never really make any missteps. Not to have anything that anybody can point to on camera that you said that was, that you've had to apologize for, that people want to backtrack and, you know, is amazing. How many public leaders can say that? The queen can say that. And then secondly, as to any views that she may have had that were racial in nature, there's no evidence of any of that. And I don't know how she, but I do know that in, when her father died in, in 1952, I believe, she was in Africa meeting with the people of Kenya. Yeah. I do know, as you said, that she danced with the leaders of, uh, I believe it was Uganda or Ghana. I do know that she's embraced the, the, the people of the Caribbean that were part of the Commonwealth realm. So We've never seen any evidence of any of the racism that people are trying to put onto her. And they want her to be responsible for what her ancestors did. None of us can be responsible for what our ancestors did in the past. And it's a ridiculous yep. kind of thing to assign to, uh, to assign to her. And it hurts, like you said, yep. when we accuse people of being racist and we have no evidence of it. All it does is continue to set us back because it continues to create opportunities for people to point out and say, wait a minute, remember when you accused them and it wasn't true? To accuse the queen of this is ridiculous. Now, I do want to emphasize, I agree that there are some important conversations that need to be had about the effects of, colonial, uh, of uh, colonization 
and how it has affected these nations, reparations, all of that. We can have those discussions, but not right now. The queen has just died. She gave her life to service. Let's mourn her. Let's celebrate her life. And then we can have these discussions later. They've been lingering for 100 yeah. years. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, we can certainly use more people like her. And again, it's a figurehead role. You know, head of state, look it up, head of state versus head of government. It's a figurehead role. But it's one that's really been part historically of the glue. And you talk about a place where that glue has been hard to maintain, yet she has done a phenomenal job. I don't have nearly as much hope for her son, (laughs) to be perfectly honest with you, because I can tell you his position on a plethora of issues. And every time he made those, uh, you know, her, his mother raised her eyebrows, you know, uh, because it's, devi- it's, it's divisive. And that's not the role of a head of state. Head of government kind of comes with the work. you got to do that kind of stuff. Head of state, exactly. you don't do that. And, uh, yeah, you're going to have a difficult time ever finding anyone who did her job as well as she did. I mean, ever. Ever. Absolutely. And, and as universally beloved. As she's, I mean, if you've watched the, the coverage, even from America, this was not even our monarch, right? We fought a whole war uh, so that they wouldn't be our monarch, yet we loved the queen, and we loved what she represented and the friendship and the, the life that she represented, which is why, again, it's just so distasteful that certain media yeah. companies have chosen to give airtime and breath to these critiques when they're not valid. Now, listen, if, if, if they were true, I believe every person, live or uh, dead, has to stand behind what they've done and what they've said. So if these were legitimate critiques on her legacy, fine. I would be okay with it. But to attack her for something in which she had no control of after she dedicated 70 years to public service, it, I, I just find it distasteful. Very beyond distasteful. And, you know, even when it's, even when it's valid, it should be constructive, Right? It should have an end game of making people more mindful, an end game of people being more tolerant, more open-minded, and I'm not seeing that in any of this criticism. It's purely attack, attack, attack. And again, what that does is that it makes uh, people who, their personal lives, my very first best friend was black in a time where that was really unusual. Uh, he lived two blocks from me. And boy, the difference between those two blocks back then in the 1960s, frankly, was pretty pretty unbelievable. Um, but he was my first best friend. I never even thought about that. I was raised by incredibly tolerant parents uh, when it came to uh, to minorities at a time where that didn't happen. So I had, you know, pr- pretty uh, open-minded uh, views about, uh, uh, you know, relationships between uh, racial groups and ethnic groups. Um, but, I, you know, as I've gone along, I see luggage that I got along the way that was just part of the larger culture. We were inundated with why one race is better than the others, and we saw it all the time. You, you see it in who got leadership positions. You see it in, in finance. You see it, and we still see it in finance. I think there's only two or three billionaires that are black, and I'm exaggerating, but it's so small. Uh, you know, and we still see that. And so, um, you know, again, when you're, when you're doing those kind of, you know, analysis, those are good, right? Thoughtful conversations to make us all better. We're not seeing that here, Warren. No, you're absolutely right. We're not seeing that. Uh, we're not seeing anything close to that. All we're seeing is, you know, um, attacks on a legacy for, that serves no real purpose. Yeah. 
Absolutely. All right. Uh, kind of give us uh, some takeaways on this. And this is so timely, and I'm so glad you're doing it, because only conversations about this have been attack conversations. So I'm so glad you're bringing this perspective. Give us some final thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I, I recognize that there are some legitimate issues that need to be discussed and that we need to talk about as it relates to colonization and all of those issues. I do understand that. But now is the time to celebrate the legacy and life of the queen. And I'll just argue that if we had more people who were like the queen, if we had more people that were unifiers, that believed in the good in all people and believed in creating bonds and bridges to one another, we'd be in a much, we'd have a much better society. So I'm encouraging people to not criticize the queen, but be like the queen. Let's learn from the queen. Yeah, wow, I love that. You know, and, and it's interesting because I saw a great special uh, on BBC about her, you know, and they talked about the fact that good luck looking over her entire career, finding times where she took polarizing positions. You just won't find that. And they didn't say this in that interview, I mean in that special. Uh, you know, yes, it was brilliant. Yes, it, it was really should seem as necessary if you're going to be a monarch in a country with a lot of different people. And by the way, England has a lot more diversity now than it did when she took the throne in the 1950s. I mean, it's a really different uh, world. And she navigated that. And, but not only was it smart, and not only was she effective, but, you know, you have to be humble. You have to have a level of humility, which seems odd when you're talking about a queen, to be able to do that. Absolutely, and and the Commonwealth realms as well. So she was the the Queen of England. That's the the, the big country, the one we all know. But Canada, Australia, uh, the Bahamas, Jamaica, Barbados, all of these nations. She was also the Queen of, and she went to those nations and she embraced the people of those nations. And so she has just done an amazing job again of just building bridges across the world and uniting so many folks. Warren D. Robinson. Always love having you on the show. Already looking forward to your next time, and that's one more reason why we're getting you on more often. I, I, once a month is great. Having you on twice is going to be awesome. Thanks so much, as always. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I'm Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business. Stay tuned for more.